Hello and welcome to the Spirit Guide Society podcast. My name is Pedro Shanahan and I'm your spirit guide. Tonight in the Mezcal Collective, we had Robin Chopra from Tequila Partida in the house. It was an incredible night in the Mezcal Collective. We tried through the entire line, which consisted at this point of the Blanco, the Reposado, and the Añejo. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and please do so responsibly, which means don't fall asleep in the bathtub. I dig it. Thank you guys so much for coming. I'm super excited to share this delicious tequila with you. I think we have some uh, glasses coming around. Um, Yeah, Bart and Bambi are coming around right now. Right on. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, Before we start tasting, uh, usually I like to recommend kind of my preferred way of sipping tequila and really sipping any spirit in general. It's kind of a two-stage method. First, when it comes uh, in front of you, kind of taking a light whiff, going in for a second whiff. Same with tasting, taking a very small taste, kind of just seeing, getting acquainted with that spirit, and then a little bit of a bigger gulp and kind of getting more acquainted with the flavors that are going on. I also brought a couple little snacks. Uh, You guys can kind of feel free to mosey on over and help yourself. Um, They're they're not actually snacks. These are actually food pairings, all right, you guys? Yeah, exactly. Snacks snacks to go. Snacks are like, yeah, snacks are the taco ladies have snacks. What we have is a pairing. This is carefully Ah, designed. There we go. Now now we we can get going. We got some tequila in our hands. So really as a way to kind of uh, carry you on in this journey of tequila tasting, uh, left to right, we have some different uh, items, which I think bring out a lot of the flavor that you're going to find in the tequila. Um, with From the Blanco, where you have some more fresh fruit going on, cucumber, pineapple, into our age statements, where you start to incorporate some vanilla notes, some dried fruit, some nuts going into Añejos, where you have chocolate, uh, you know, some butter cookies, and uh, dried oranges and nuts as well. So I would encourage you guys to kind of just... Help yourself as we go through the tastings. Yeah, so the first kind of one, a free form, you know. So he's, we, you should have the Blanco in front of you now. If you'd like to do a little food pairing, grab a little bit from this first row. So we've got the cucumber, the pineapple, and what else is here? We got some candy ginger. Oh, candy ginger, okay. And we also have some uh, pickled cornichons. So grab some of those fresh ingredients, and that's what we'll pair with the Blanco. This is going to be really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So now that we have the Blanco in front of us, I can kind of talk a little bit about um, the history of the brand itself. So the name on the bottle, the name of this tequila is Partida. That is coming from the family of farmers that we partnered with to create this brand. Now, why that's so important, in my opinion, is that tequila, unlike other categories of alcohol, the raw ingredient, the agave, you can only harvest after a minimum of seven to 10 years. So if you think about that, that's a long time as compared to sugarcane or barley or grapes. These are things that you can harvest annually as opposed to tequila. You got to let it sit for almost a decade before you can do anything. So the farmers and the cultivation that goes into that is extremely crucial in terms of uh, your final product. That is a lot louder. Look at that. That's, that's called tech support. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lorenzo. Thank you so much, my dude. Um, so when we put the name of the farmer on the bottle, that's really kind of an indication as to the quality of the spirit and really the ethos of the brand in general. We're all about the agave, that, that kind of heart of the piña, the source of all this flavor, 
and expressing it. And what you're getting is something that's been sitting in this volcanic soil, extracting the minerals for almost a decade and really giving you an expression of the land, really a taste of Mexico. And another really interesting fact, in my opinion, is when you think about this place where we're getting this spirit from, it's about 1,500 miles away from where we stand right now, which is almost the same distance as Kentucky for bourbon. So really, when you think about a sense of place and a sense of uh, a spirit of where we're from, I like to think of this as just as much a national spirit as whiskey, because furthermore to that fact, this was all Mexico at one point anyway. That's right. We, so, this was once Mexico. Where we are now, this was once Mexico. It, exactly, exactly. So these are state-grown agaves, meaning that we have complete control over the production, the harvesting, and every step of uh, extracting that raw material, which, again, is a big indicator in terms of the quality of your spirit. In terms of the spirit itself, you have two ingredients. You have agave and water. Nothing else goes into this. No commercial yeasts. This is complete open fermentation with no additives. And you have a stainless steel distillation, which in our kind of style of spirit is used mostly to preserve more of those raw flavors. Really, that again, that natural agave character. So where, where is this made? Where is the distillery located? The distillery's in uh, the town of Tequila. Oh, wow. Town of Tequila. The farms are going to be um, a little bit outside of the town in so Amatitan. Like out there? Amatitan, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's where we're getting our uh, agaves from, is Amatitan. Indeed, Amatitan. yeah. I said it wrong. But, okay, so this is the Blanco. Now, you guys are just using all fully matured agaves. Do you guys have, what in your cooking process, are you using brick ovens, like clay ovens? Stainless steel steamed ovens. So, so these oh, are so like autoclave, like a, auto, a pressure auto, cooker. Autoclave, pressure cooking. Yeah, and that's a stylistic choice because we're really looking to kind of get a cleaner flavor profile. You know, I mean, one of the cool things about our brand is that we recognize that there is no best. There's just kind of a different expressions. And we like to, we were really confident in our style of cooking the agave and growing the agave because we want to create basically a cleaner flavor profile, something that kind of brings out some more of that natural, that natural vegetal flavor. You know, again, why I kind of brought out some cucumbers and pineapples and pickles because I feel like that matches that bright brininess that you get with, uh, with a steamed uh, agave tequila. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and so some companies are like are harvesting younger Pinas and, right. and then using like a diffuser to leach the sugars out of those. Exactly, yeah. Fully some, mature. Are you guys some, doing anything some, like that? Some Frankenstein technology. Uh, no, I mean, this is, uh, you know, it's, it's a point of pride that we really are purists in the sense that we want to respect what's coming out of the ground and we want to respect the plant. We want to let that plant mature, make sure that the sugar content is exactly where we want it above, uh, I believe it's uh, 25 bricks. Um, and so full maturity is one of the crucial points of our spirit. And uh, no, no diffusers in our process at all. I mean, our, our founders have a pretty firm stance in terms of looking at, as, looking at diffuser technology as kind of a negative. You know, I mean, obviously it's used in mass production uh, and, and a lot of companies are doing it. But, you know, we like to kind of, you know, maintain a sense of tradition while still incorporating some modern techniques, but without losing that identity, without you know, kind of bastardizing the plant itself and also, you know, endangering the crops 
from a sustainability perspective because harvesting early, you know, you can't make up that time that it takes for something to mature. If you're doing that, you're really just trying to cash in on your crops as quick as possible. And you could do that and then, you know, still make something that is palpable by adding additives and flavorings and sugars. But again, I mean, that's not something that we're really interested in getting involved with because we're really about purity. We're really about honoring the time and labor that goes into the what you need to do to make a quality tequila. And, you know, the name on the bottle is the farmers. And that's really what it's all about is the people that own this land, the people that take the time to grow it and really respecting that uh, delicious, delicious piña that, that goes into, uh, into our spirit. So... So you guys, let's do the pairing. Have you? Did anyone get some of those uh, fresh ingredients? Yeah. Okay. So you're I'm chewing actually, on it. I'm actually just gonna pick this guy up and then walk around with it. Yeah. So, so because tell me I have a microphone. What's it like here? The cucumber. I know. Look the at this. Cucumber. Yeah. You really like the oh, cucumber. Yeah. No. So what happens is you're as you're nibbling a little cucumber and you're sipping this blanco. That's a candy ginger. What's the experience? Yeah. Nice. Hit it, guys. So, uh, so I believe we have the reposado. So now we're going to get into our age statements tequila. Age statement tequila, which is going to be the center here. Feel free to grab any if you're interested in it. That's going to be dried pear. Dried pear, Marcona almonds with rosemary, and some uh, candied bananas. So as is the case with uh, all tequilas, you know, there's some uh, age statement categories that, that allow the spirit to kind of express itself in some different and interesting ways. With our Reposado, we age it for six months in X whiskey barrels. And in terms of the style of barrel we choose, um, we choose to leave our barrels damp and only wash them out, not recharring them, which kind of leaves the seasoning intact. And what that does is two things. It retains a little bit more of that whiskey character in terms of vanilla, butterscotch, caramel notes, and it also minimizes the oak impact. So you're not going to get a heavily oaked reposado, and you'll see the same with our Añejo. You're really going to still get that agave character, that kind of vegetal body, that brininess, with a little bit of kind of a roundness to it. You know, it's, it's getting that rested time in the barrel but it's not getting that oak bomb. You still get a lot of that natural agave flavor. Well, I'm still, I'm still digging this Blanco. You went so fast. I'm still digging. This is, this is beautiful, the Blanco. Yeah. And with the cucumber, you're right. It like, it like cleans your palate and then it allows that, that Blanco to just really come through so, so purely. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the really cool things about tequila in general is the depth of flavor on a well-made tequila it lingers, you know, you're, you're getting layers of flavors from like sweet and savory, cucumber, grapefruit, pineapple, it's, it's really all over the place. And with lowland agaves, one of the, the kind of trademark characteristics is that mineral quality, that, that kind of vegetal profile. And they seem like a lot of the lowlands to me, they taste greener. There's like just yep. more of a vegetal like a verdant quality to the yes. lowlands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely a lot of that going on. And they're big and they're bold. And, you know, I think Partida is definitely a really good expression of that lowland character. Absolutely. Okay, so now we have the Reposado. Indeed. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Bambino, I need another Reposado. I just, my glass just Too fell much. behind the speaker. 
That's what happens. It's the, the perils of technology. A robot ate my tequila, guys. I'm sorry. So this is the Reposado. Now, can you give us the legal definition of what Reposado is? And then where do you guys drop within that definition? Yeah, absolutely. So Reposado is a rested tequila that's aged between uh, two months to a year. Um, we choose to age our for six months, a little bit longer than the minimum. Um, and really, that's just one kind of part of our dedication to kind of going the extra step in terms of quality, letting it rest for a little little bit longer. And uh, like I was mentioning earlier, we use um, barrels that keep the seasoning intact. By seasoning, we mean that we don't rechar the barrels. We don't kind of like... Um, toast it again. We like to leave that dampness in there so that it's not going to kind of bomb the tequila with oak character. It's going to retain more of that agave character, less of a, of a kind of oak whiskey influence, and really just trying to like balance that, that flavor of the earth, but still giving, you know, uh, an expression of a reposado that, that softens it for the, for the consumer and gives somebody that, that experience of a, of a whiskey in kind of chilling out for a bit as I like to say it's beautiful so what happens what, do you know what kind of barrels you guys are using for to rest these are, yeah these are whiskey barrels they're uh, they're coming uh, from Kentucky within about 10 days um, which is our uh, kind of our goal is to get them as soon as possible wash them out with water and then put the tequila right in but I know that they deliver whiskey barrels wet so who's getting to drink that whiskey water? That's what I want to know. That's actually a really good question. Yeah. I mean, I, that whiskey water is probably like, I don't know, like 5% maybe. You're wrong, bro. I've no, you think, you think it's it. heavier? It's, yes. You can, if you put a gallon of water into a used whiskey barrel. It's coming out pretty, pretty hot. Oh, you can, that's how kids get drunk in Kentucky, man. It's like, oh. everybody knows that. That sounds like, uh, yeah, that sounds like a... Uh, that's coming from experience. Yes. I'm a child in Kentucky. No, I'm from Oregon originally. I've been here for 20 years. I'm L.A. as they come, especially around these parts. Like, right? No, there are some people who are actually born here. Very few, but most people are not. So the Reposado. So when you rest a, te a tequila, it, what the resting process does is not only is going to bring some of those characters of the barrel the buttery notes, that first softening that oak brings, but it'll also, um, it makes the, the tequila smoother because as it oxidizes in the barrel, it, it just, the like molecules like to bond. It, it smooths itself up. Uh, the tannin chains will link up and smooth out. So the actual composition, the chemical composition of the tequila changes over time yeah. and it it gives the mouth feels one of the major things you notice about reposados oh, yeah. are that they their mouth feels like it gives that texture of smooth that everybody comments on you know it's like a lot of times when you ask somebody like how does this taste they don't even mention flavors they mention texture texture is huge yeah everybody almost always says like i think this is smooth and like, well, that's not even a flavor. Smooth is not a flavor. It's a texture. It's a texture. But that's how, that's how we think. And that just goes to show that how much we underestimate how important texture is to us. You know? Like, oh, it's huge. It's yeah, huge. It's I huge. mean, that's, that's like, you know, it's the, the body that, that carries all the flavors. Another interesting thing about, you know, tequilas and, and, 
and uh, the, the aged categories and expressions of it, you have to think the climate in which these barrels are sitting uh, is, is a lot different than other areas of the world where we have aged spirits like Scotland and, and uh, like Kentucky, where things have to sit for a lot longer because it's not going to be as warm, it's not going to be as arid. So, you know, in, in Jalisco, you, you really are going to get a lot more extraction of that wood flavor in a lot shorter amount of time just due to the fact of where, you're, where we are. A lot warmer of a climate. Beautiful. So everyone's got the representative. Did anyone do some of the food pairing on this? Did you try it with some of the... Um, what, do you, what do you think here? You're trying the reposado. I, I actually tried it, but I, I still like the Blanco better. You like the Blanco better? Yeah, this one's got more stronger for me. Okay. Tried, yeah, we're the last one. Try it with some of these, like, there's some dried banana. Try it with a little yeah. dried banana, some of these um, dried pears. Yeah. Some See how that hits you. You know, try them out. Yeah, I will. Boom. Anybody else tried the food pairing? Anybody else do a little bit of the reposado with these, like, dried banana? Yeah, the nuts are good. Okay. The marcona almonds with the rosemary? All right, let me try that. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful with the reposado. There's an oiliness to the almonds that pairs well with the reposado, the yeah, butteriness. The, the, the almonds are, are a clutch pairing, uh... The nuttiness, and especially these ones because they got a little bit of rosemary on there, so it kind of complements some of those vegetal notes. That's a great pairing. I've never done that one before. That's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this Bambino is going to come around with our third mark here. How do you like, how many folks like the Blanco? You said you like the Blanco best. How many folks are still sticking with the Blanco as your favorite expression? Okay, how many folks like the Reposado? All right, all right. Interesting, okay. It's about an even split. Just goes to show you that tasting is always subjective. Everybody has their own experience, and that's all good. That's why we're here is like to share that experience. There's no right or wrong. Absolutely. We can celebrate the differences. I love it. And I, I think also having a pairing, having a, a bite or a, an item to kind of go back and forth with also just helps the experience in general because a lot of times when you're – Sipping spirits, obviously alcohol is an astringent. It's a little hot. You know, it can kind of uh, shock the palate sometimes. So having like a bite of fruit or a dried nut or something to kind of go in between is, is a really great way of experiencing a spirit, you know, which is why I brought these out for you guys today. This reposado to me, it's got an herbaceousness that I, I never had noticed until just now. Maybe it's the rosemary with those almonds. Yeah. But as I'm sipping this reposado, I'm getting like a... A nice green note. There's yeah. something that's like almost like piney right. in there. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I would I didn't say that's, get that that's from the blanco. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it might be kind of a, like a flavor balance between what you're getting from the barrel, you know, and 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 then matching that kind of mineral quality, and you're you're kind of creating a like a flavor baby, you know. Yeah, it's a confluence of influences. Exactly. So yeah. A plus B that's, does that's not equal C. That's one of the reasons C. why yeah. I, I always recommend people sip slowly and kind of take their time with the spirit because the depth of flavor is really big, but you have to be open to it. You know, you have to kind of be there waiting for those flavors to come to you. You know, you're not just going to take a shot and then get everything all at once. Yeah. You, kinda you have can to take a small sip and taste something completely different than if you take a big sip. Absolutely. And you have to kind of let your imagination do its work because all of your ability to smell and taste comes from your memory. You're, from the time you're born, you're accumulating 
a library of synths and tastes. All the rest of your senses are hardwired through your cerebrum where it's like, I don't have to think about touching something. I can feel it. I don't have to think about seeing. Sometimes I have to squint, but most of them I'm just seeing. Same with hearing. But when it comes to smell and taste, you have to involve your memory. It goes through your hippocampus, which is where your memories are. So everyone's experience of tasting, therefore, is totally subjective. Because if I tell you, like, this tastes like blackberry pie for me, and you grew up where there were no blackberries, you've never had a blackberry pie in your life, then it's going to be lost on you. Same as if, if you're like, I grew up in Japan, I, like, ate a lot of fish, and I love miso. Like, well, if I didn't grow up that way, I wouldn't be as familiar with those flavor notes. Totally. So when you say them, they're going to be kind of blind to me. But this is fun because we can find, you can find the blind spots in your own palate. What don't you know? That's what the exploration is about, is like discovering what you don't know, you know? I mean, that's one of the cool things about spirits, too. And I think tequila in general is, again, the time that this plant has spent in the ground, it doesn't go away. It's there. You just have to kind of find it. And it can kind of uh, offer a different experience to different people, depending on that sense memory, depending on what they've had before and and that's why I feel like a, like a shot of tequila is like almost like a story. There's so much in there, so much time spent in the ground. And when you have a really pure tequila like Partita, you're, you're not getting any other influences. There's zero additives. You're not getting any other flavorings. It's just the agave, fermented, distilled in your glass. And I've been to, uh, I'm going to say it wrong again, Amititlan. Yeah. I said it right that time. I'm not... Getting better uh, at life. Done. But yeah, the, you got it. the ground there was like red clay soil. Yep. But it had so much silica in it. it, it like it sparkled. The ground sparkled. There's so much minerality in the soil that it looks like like it, there's glitter on the ground. You know, it's that much silica in the in the soil there. It's amazing. And I think that comes through. You get that in in this in this skill, that minerality comes through. Yep. Yep. I mean the the Maturation is, is crucial when you're talking about tequila. The amount of time that that agave sits in the ground and develops the sugars, I mean, that's, in my opinion, one of the most crucial points of the entire, entire category is what's coming, like where it's grown, where it's coming from, because I feel like you're tasting that more than any other spirit category. Okay, so then did we get everybody the, uh, the Añejo? Uh, I don't know. Are we coming I around? Get it. I don't have one. I didn't get it. Dang. Damn. No, it's terrible. You, you want some more. Of course you do. Everybody wants some more. Nice. Okay. So did everybody cool. get the, the food pairings for the Añejo? So we've got some pecans. We've got some, like, butter cookies. We have dark yeah. chocolate. Everything counts. And dried orange. <laughs> chocolate goes really well. Thank you so much. Okay. I, I, you like the orange with it? I'm with you. I'm with you. I like the orange with it, too. So tap some of the food over your tongue and then wash it down yes. with the tequila. Well, you tell us what to do, Robin. So with the Añejo, you definitely have um, the most kind of flavorful of the three categories. Just by default, you have that base spirit, that Blanco, which we tasted in the beginning, but you lay it down with a uh, ex-bourbon barrel for a year and a half, and you're really amping up the flavor because you're getting all that... OG minerality, that intensity, that vegetal flavor, the Blanco, but then you're starting to get some butterscotch, some vanilla, some almost like sugarcane quality, which is why for pairings, I brought uh, some nuts 
uh, vanilla butter cookies with almonds, some chocolate, some dried oranges. These are all things that are really going to vibe straight in that Añejo category. And um, as a bit of background info, um, for those that don't know, Añejo is a category of aged tequilas where you're looking at one to three years in the barrel. And that's the legal definition. It has to be at least one year. At least one year, maximum of three. Um, uh, we kind of go right in the middle. We go one and a half years. Uh, same barrels that we use for the Reposado. Once used wh whiskey barrels, washed through, retaining some of that seasoning and also not uh, incorporating a ton of oak flavor. So with this, you know, if you tasted it side by side, other Añejos, you're going to notice that it's very light in oak. You're not getting that dry, oaky finish, but you are getting a lot of those kind of vanilla butterscotch notes. And again, the big thing with our tequilas is that agave character, that full-bodied kind of uh, essence of uh, fruit, vegetal, pineapple. I mean, it's just, it's just delightful. No, I really love this with the dried orange. Oh, my gosh, she's right. This is it's brilliant, the... The añejo with the orange, because for me, it, like it brings out the fruitiness that normally I would be just getting overwhelmed with those like nice buttery vanilla chocolate notes. But that dried orange, it lifts the spirit across my palate. Oh, it yeah. makes it makes those tropical fruit notes come out more clearly. That's beautiful. I'm doing it. I'm just gonna put the orange straight in my tequila. Oh my, He's guys, this is actually kind of like a secret weapon in terms of uh, drinking and. And uh, being able to drink more is snacking in between, like finding things that you can pair with your spirit. It really just makes for a much more enjoyable experience, in my opinion, oh, yeah. when you're drinking. So we've got a couple rules. As, as, as bartenders who, like, you know, we, we make our living in the spirit world, a couple rules. If there's food, eat it. If there's water, drink it. And that is... That is straight up. That is straight up. The other world rule is, Bambino, what's the third rule? No man left behind. No person left behind, I'll say. That means, like, if we're drinking professionally, as we do... Indeed. You eat when there's food, you drink when there's water, and you don't leave anybody lying on the ground behind the bar. Is that understood? That's noble. Never. That's right. We try. Very noble. No person left behind. We're, we're a team. We're a team. So how do you guys like this Añejo? So did you try it with the um, with the butter cookie? What are you guys getting over here? Orange. She wasn't kidding. But the cookie. The, the, the cookie is good the, too. The yeah. butter cookies are pretty killer. Yeah. But the orange is brilliant, right? It like really complements so well. Anybody else? What What are you experiencing as you do this little pairing? What? Say again? <laughs> Don't do it. It's like, it's like a Mexican sugar. Oh, I don't know that one. Like so we got somebody oh, doing yeah, that. Uh, pickle, oh, chocolate you combo. Get that? It's like yeah. big, almost like cafe de olla. Oh, oh, oh cafe yeah. de olla. That's I actually, awesome. I have not thought about that. Pickleback, onion tequila. That's good. It is you whiskey get a cafe de olla with a pickleback. I hope my chewing she said doesn't cafe come de olla. Through. Now it's like sticking in my brain like crazy. I do get, I get coffee and citrus. Off of the Inejo with that dried orange. It's beautiful. The dark chocolate as well. So if you're trying this out at home, you have a little bit of, of uh, grocery shopping to do. You need to buy some pineapple, fresh, some cucumbers, some dried ginger, some marcona almonds. Yep. Yep. Where, oh, there's pickles? That's what's in here? We got some cornichons. Oh, okay. We've got some cornichons. 
Whoa. All right. She just said that this is like a pickleback. Oh my God. They're butter, butter cookies. I just had a cornichon with the Inejo. Oh, my God. Almond butter cookies from Trader Joe's. They will change your life. Yeah, they're they're honestly messed up. It's like 95% butter. I swear, the Trader Joe's people, they have, like, some of the smartest buyers. So, so Robin, basically you bought all this stuff at Trader Joe's? Oh, that just might be the case. Yeah. Do they do they even sell partita at Trader Joe's? Uh, unfortunately, not as of yet. Well, but well maybe they're going to hear this podcast and they're going to be they like, will. yeah, they'll get on board. Maybe Come on, will. partita. So let's, let's when did you guys, when did you really, like, in terms of the history of the brand, when did you guys hit the market? Like, I know partita was like one of those ones that's kind of like, it was premium launched uh, early 2000s. So in the beginning, you mentioned that, you know, they're one of the OG premium brands. And, and that's definitely true uh, in terms of, you know, being premium, but not really sacrificing that flavor, not sacrificing the character, not trying to create a spirit that appeals to, you know, vodka drinkers, for example, but really creating a spirit that's kind of an expression of the land and you know, still retaining that full-bodied character. So early 2000s, uh, I think it was 05 when they first launched, and basically it was a partnership between uh, a California entrepreneur and a family of farmers. You know, uh, the, the, the person that first started it, Gary Shansby, knew that he couldn't create a brand without partnering with uh, the locals, with a family that actually was creating it and had the land and finding the source, being the agave. And again, that's the whole ethos behind the brand. That's why we put Partida on the label is because what's coming from the ground is really the key to the whole story. So Partida means partners or what? No, no, that's, that's, that's the name of the, uh, the family of farmers. So Enrique Partida was the uh, kind of patriarch, late part, uh, Enrique Partida. And uh, it was his niece, Sofia Partida, who's one of our co-founders that kind of connected the dots in terms of uh, an entrepreneur that was looking to create a tequila brand of integrity and finding the right partners that they can do that with. So Enrique Partida is the farmer that owned the land that we partnered with. To this day, we still grow our agaves on that land, um, and that's where we get the name from, and that's really what we honor in terms of uh, our tequila. Wow, that's really cool. Thank you for that. Now, are you guys producing, is it called the Partita Distillery, or is this distillery producing tequila for anybody else? It's the Partita Distillery, yeah, as of now. It, it was, uh, I believe, uh, like 10 years ago when we took it over, um, producing prior brands. But as of now, we're the only brand that's coming out of there. Um, the initial distillery we used um, was a lot smaller, and as the brand grew, obviously, we needed to scale our production. So we went from a distillery that was in Amatitan to a distillery that we took over in the town of Tequila, which is now where we've been for about the last uh, eight years. So you guys are like in downtown Tequila? Yeah, we're right there. That's yeah. amazing. Are you guys using a column still or a bunch of pot stills? How's it work? They're stainless steel pot stills. Stainless steel pot yeah. stills. Twice and you're using stills. copper in the pot still? You have like, what are you using, like plates or like a copper uh, wool or what are you no, using? No, it's, it's just stainless steel. I think there's a There's got to be copper in copper the Copper condensers, I believe. Okay, so there's yeah. copper in the condensers. Beautiful. Yeah. Really. And what's your output yearly? Do you guys know how many... How big are you guys at this point? I know you've been around for 18 years yeah, now. We're, but like we're definitely on the larger side of the craft. You know, I think that we were, 
one, like you said, one of the original kind of premium brands. You know, we're obviously not one of the behemoths, so we're still kind of trying to grow the brand. Um, I mean, in terms of uh, like comparative size, I'm not, I'm not really sure where we land, but we're not we're not like a super huge brand. You know, we're still trying to get the name out there, still trying to grow the, well, the distribution. I'm always shocked because I always yeah. think that everyone's heard of Partita, yeah, and they haven't. Like, no. I'm always like. Oh, this is a great sipper. This is such a yeah. great... The Blanco, to me, is just really great. And tonight, the Reposado really jumped out at me in a way that I hadn't discovered before. That that verdant green Absolutely. herbaceousness yeah. is something that I don't remember having tasted before. But this is a great, great brand. And you guys have now been out on the market for a while. So best of luck with that. It's, it's really course, great to sip this stuff. If, if I was going to buy a bottle for my home bar... What is the range costing me at the local liquor store? Retail, uh, Blanco is probably going to start in the low 40s. And then you're looking at about like a 3 to $5 hike as you go up in expression, in aged expression, Reposado, Añejo being the most expensive. Um, you know, you're paying for that time that it's been sitting in the, uh, in the barrel. Yeah. But yeah, you're looking at like low 40s for the Blanco. So definitely in that premium category, but... You know, the, the, the value is there because you're paying for production. You're paying for that quality. And... Okay, Katie's got a Katie, question. My question is, are you working on extra Añejo at all? Uh, yes, we do have an extra Añejo. It's fairly limited production. Uh, that's going to be 40 months in the barrel. And uh, we call that one the Elegante. Um, and it, it is available. The availability, it's fairly limited, so it goes in and out. Um, but that's, you know, I, in my opinion, one of the, the great sipping spirits, not just within tequila, but, you know, put it up against a 18-year-old scotch or a bourbon or a super old rum. And it's something that just has layers of flavor, layers of character, something you can take a sip of and sit with for a minute and really kind of still take in like a flavor stimulus. So uh, we do have an extra Añejo. It is out there if you're looking to treat yourself or, uh, you know, drop some cash on something special, then that's definitely a great candidate for that. Now, if, like, I want to know, if I was to go to Tequila, can I do a, a tour of the Partita Distillery? Do you guys off, offer uh, public tours? Um, I actually don't think we do. I think we, we do we do trade tours. So I'm not sure if we have, like, an active, like, visitor center, so to speak. So I know that, you know, obviously for, for bartenders and periodically for, for different people in the trade, we take them down there. Um, but I, I'm not 100% sure if, if it's something that, you know, you can just go to on a Wednesday and schedule a tour of. I think that for the most part, you know, it's a production facility. Um, but we do do tours, uh, but not, not necessarily like for anyone and everyone. So if I was to read between the lines, I would just say I'm going to show up at the distillery and tell everybody I'm a bartender from L.A. Uh, yeah, you can definitely do that. I mean, honestly, <laughs> kidding, uh, shoot, kidding, shoot me an email and I'll definitely connect the dots. I mean, All right. I'm, I'm happy to happy to facilitate that. So what's your email address? I got you. I mean, rchopra at greenhouseagency.com. Okay. There That's you go. legit. You're about to receive a whole lot of emails. Now, if you go down to Mexico, definitely do some distillery tours. There are lots of wonderful distilleries to visit and experience. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, like, like I mentioned at the beginning, one of the really fascinating things about this category, and one of the things that I really just connect with, is you think about this place, and it's not a faraway land. 
this is the same land that we occupy here. You know, you're getting a taste of a region that is, you know, 1,500 miles away. That's not that's not that far. You know, I mean, you, you can true. really you can really get an experience that I think we should be able to relate to. And you look at this land, and it's you know, it's not that much different than where we step foot now. So it's it's really fascinating to, to experience this expression. It's it's you know, it's a beautiful thing. So how do you guys like this extra Nijo? Is it, is this the favorite for everyone, or is it still some Blancos? Second favorite. Second favorite. How many folks like the Añejo the best? You're fancy, my brother. You are fancy. Your limousine driver is waving his arm at me right now. He's like, where is this guy? You guys, let's give it up for... Does anyone else have any other questions? I'm sorry, before we, like, give it up. Does anyone else have any other questions? Robin's going to be hanging out for a while. Go ahead. What's your question? Uh, I've started with the brand in April, so... It's been about maybe five months. Ah, brand's been around since '05, so it's been a minute. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, thirteen like, years. Yeah, they they they've been in the game for a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Right on, you guys. Let's give it up for Mr. Robin Chopra from no, Partita. Thank you guys. Honestly, thank you guys. You know, Robin's gonna stick around for a while if you want to hang out. If you have more questions, if you just want to take advantage of his amazing snack platter. Yes, sir. Now, thank you guys. Thanks to Las Perlas and, and everybody involved. Yeah. And uh, thank you, know, you hang Robin. out, enjoy. I don't know if we have any punch left, but uh, you know, let's let's have some let's yeah. have some tequila and, sure, and uh, yeah. enjoy this this beautiful Yom Kippur evening. That's right. Happy Yom Kippur. Get a bottle Cheers. for your home bar, guys. Thanks for coming out tonight to the Mezcal Collective. Cheers, guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. The Spirit Guide Society is a Spirit Adventures production in association with Bitten from the Apple Productions. Special thanks to Tone Mesa for their post-production and audio services. The show is produced by Andrew Apple and me, Pedro Shanahan. Executive producer, Andrew Abrahamson. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spirit Guide SOC. We'll be there to answer any questions you have, share what we're drinking, and more. And if you're still thirsty, you can always find more episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to always drink responsibly. That means don't drink to forget, drink to remember. <laughs>